the story of you. David is spoken of as a man after God's own heart. This is one of the things when I think of him that always rings true in my mind. Here's a guy that God said had a heart after him. None of us can be kept from having that said of us. Nobody can stand in the way of that. You can have a heart after God like David. I can have a heart after God like David. There's something in us that wants that. We want to know him. We want to understand him. We want to experience his presence in our life. And here in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified, God said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. That can be true of you and me. We are people with a heart after God who are willing. We want to do the will of God. If we know what it is, we'll do it. We want to understand him, what his plan is for us. And the story of you is being written. Every day that we live, there's something new being said by God about us. We learn lessons from David's life. Here's one of them. Turn failure into success by taking responsibility for our actions. David, as amazing as his life story is, also had some challenges. He had some hiccups. He, he had some setbacks. In fact, some of his behaviors, some of his deeds would have derailed him from even achieving greatness. But here's one of the truths of God that's beautiful for us to experience. We can turn our failure into success by taking responsibility for our actions. If we fail, that's not the end of the story. If we fail, that's actually something that God will use to make our story even grander, even more impacting, something that can affect people around us for good if we respond to it properly. David had been raised up to be king. Kings would often go out to battle with their armies, and Israel was often engaged in battles there were peoples, nations that wanted to come up against them. God protected them and gave them great power. David would often be at the battlefront. The Ark of the Covenant would be there with the soldiers, and that would be where the leader would be. This one battle, David decided to stay back. He didn't go with his army. He goes to the rooftop, and as he's relaxing, lounging, he sees a woman that he desires, and we know the story of David and Bathsheba, how he sleeps with her, she becomes pregnant. Now he has a problem, and he decides to have Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, brought back from the battle. He summons him, and he's hoping that Uriah and Bathsheba will be together, sleep together. Then no one will know that she's pregnant, it's his child. Uriah, being so loyal to the king and loyal to the army, says, I can't do that. I, I need to go back to the battlefield. And he refuses to go in with his wife. So David has another plan that he concocts to send Uriah back to the very battlefront so that hopefully he would lose his life being put at the very front lines of the challenge at hand. 
that plan worked and Uriah was killed. And in essence, David has him murdered so that he tries to cover up his own actions. So he's already gone down this path of trouble. He's gotten confused. He's allowed the enemy into his life. Somehow he feels like he deserved the behaviors that he has followed through on. But now God sends to him a messenger, Nathan the prophet. And Nathan the prophet speaks to his friend and king David and explains to him something that happened and David is horrified that someone would behave this way and then Nathan says to him, you are that man. And the prophet exposes the sin of the King David. What did he do? Psalm 51 actually describes the response of David in this moment, which is our lesson for today. As the story of you is being written, if you find yourself in any point with a challenge, with a trouble that sometimes we bring on ourselves, if we are willing to acknowledge it, we gain power, turn failure into success by taking responsibility for our actions. I did it. I feel like I can work through any challenge with someone who's willing to say, I've messed up. When we lie about it, when we cover it up, there's no way to recover. But when we acknowledge it and say, I've, I've done this, now there's opportunity for us to find healing, to find forgiveness, to find a pathway forward. Miracles can happen. We can turn our failure into success. So here in Psalm 51 is the prayer of David. The heading of this psalm says, to the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. It's David's prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Here's a prayer of a man who's owning it. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Here's David's response to his utter failure. I did it. I messed up. Forgive me. Plot out my sins. Take my transgressions from me. Give me a clean heart. Set me back on the right path. Restore the joy of my salvation to my soul. In the journey of life, if you have something that has happened or you have done or you have stumbled and fallen, that's not the end of the story. That's not going to be what's known of you. Rather, when we acknowledge it, it's turned into success and God's grace covers and he does renew us and restore us and we can rebuild the very thing that got broken down. 
Those people even we hurt can find healing when we acknowledge it and there can be grace. People are willing to forgive. God always forgives. Where you are today is just part of the journey toward greatness. And when we acknowledge our part in the path of trial, our failures are turned into successes. Second lesson is this. Rise above the pain of the past. Have you ever met someone who always seems to be feeling like the victim in life? Everybody's against them. Nothing's going right. Here's a truth that we can hold on to. The past does not need you anymore. The future does. Let go of the pain of the past. Don't be chained to it. The past doesn't need you anymore. Let it go. Sometimes people do harm. Sometimes we are victimized. And with that, we can allow all kinds of things to cloud out our joy and make us feel worthless and all kinds of things that people have said or done. But God wants to set a new path in our journey that says, that's old, that's past. You can move on from that. You don't have to let that be true of you either. The past doesn't need you, the future does. And God has a plan to restore you and what someone did to harm you is on them. God wants to build you up and make you great. And the greatness in you can be found when we say, I'm not gonna play the victim. I'm a victor. And Jesus has given me the power to be victorious by his grace. And he speaks words of life over me. That's who he is and that's what he does. Psalm 34, verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. It's not that we don't get troubled. It's that he's there for us when we are. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. He's going to give us grace and power and ability to rise above the challenge. We have so many stories in this house. Your story is special. We want to tell one of the stories of one of our members here, Rose. She was baptized last week and we captured some of her story she was willing to share. And part of that story is pain from the past. She has lived out this truth to not live according to the past, but step into the future, what God has. Watch with me the story of Rose. I um, am first-generation Hispanic here. I was um, the firstborn here from parents that lived in Mexico. And when I was born and raised here, it was a little difficult for me because the traditions in Mexico are different. And the way we're taught, we're taught to be a certain way. We're taught to live a certain way, very passive, very submissive. And so I made a lot of poor choices and not having really anyone to turn to. The decisions that I made in my life, unfortunately, landed me in the arms of a very abusive man that I met at the age of 14 years old. And so he was my first love, and I loved him, and I ended up marrying him. And um, I stayed with him for 24 years. 
And unfortunately, that relationship was very, very abusive. And although he loved my children so much and continues to love them so much, um, my children should have been statistics. Um, they witnessed so much abuse, both emotional and um, physical, that they their lives should have gone down a different path. But it is because of God that I know that their lives did not. I, at that time, was so lost, and I knew that God was there. I knew he was the answer, but I didn't know how to listen to him. I didn't know how to hear him. And so when I would be at the lowest times of my life in my relationship, I would cry to him, but I couldn't hear him. So God used my children so that I could listen to him. He used my children to lift me out of that. He knew that my heart was with my children and they were everything to me. So he lifted them up and he took care of them so that they would not be statistics. And when my children got old enough, they were the ones that told me, mom, it's time to go. It's time to move forward and leave this life. And they gave me the strength and courage to leave. Once I left, I was lost and I was emotionally a wreck. And so I knew that the answer was God and I would attend different churches all over Sacramento, trying to find my place, trying to hear God, trying to find the way. And one day I drove by this church off of Highway 50 and I decided to come in by myself. And I went in and within five minutes of being here, there was an overwhelming sense in me that brought me to tears and it was as though God had put his arms around me and hugged me and told me, you are home. That's the exact sensation that I had when I walked into Capitol Christian Center. Last year, I read a book called The Purpose Driven Life, and that book changed my life. That book indicated and informed me that I needed to plug into a church. I have to be part of a church to grow my relationship closer to God. And so I've been trying to read the Bible every day. And once I read that purpose-driven life and knew that I had to plug into church, I started looking at where I can find a source to plug in. And I found the women's group and Katina's beautiful, friendly face. And so she encouraged me to find a way. When I told her my story, she told me there was a place for me at Capital Christian. People needed to hear my story. There are domestic violence survivors that needed to hear the story and that God is the answer. And that is what brought me here. And that is why I've chosen to plug in the Capital Christian Center. And as of the 1st of January, I made a, a, a big decision for myself to baptize myself through Capital Christian Center so that I can grow my relationship with God because I see that my future is with Him and He is leading me now. I have a story, you have a story. This is the story of you. Amen, thank you Rose for sharing your story with us. Rose is here in this service. Where are you, Rose? Stan, would you just say hi? Thank you for sharing like that. It's beautiful. Appreciate it. Rose was sharing with me that she's been here for about 12 years, but just in this last short season, really felt moved to step into ways to serve and have an impact. And this is our story. 
Sometimes there's seasons we can be walking down a path for a while and now there's a new urgency, there's a new calling, there's a new sense of direction. This is where we are, Rosa's story and what she's experienced. Last Sunday got baptized, what you saw in the video was just from a week ago. And to know that wherever we are, it's a new day, it's time to step up, it's time to step in. And this is the last part of today. True greatness is discovered on the battlefield. We need to engage. Let's not just be distant and observe, but rather engage and get on to the field of battle where we will find our true greatness, where God will enable us and empower us. This is David's story, one of great valor. His life shows us that greatness is not defined by our accomplishments nor our defeats. He had some really difficult situations that he caused himself and that didn't define him that didn't hold him back from greatness it's after all this that God says here's a guy after my own heart wherever we are in the journey today's the day to step in to step up to say I'm going to engage in that battle David was just a young man when Goliath comes out from the Philistine army defying the army of Israel and all the great warriors just watched it happen day after day. He would yell across the valley at them. Anyone would come out and fight him, see who's more powerful. Nobody would go. And David, coming to help his family one day, sees this happening. He's like, what's going on? And he feels stirred, like, this is not right. I'll go fight him. He's going to engage in the battle. He, didn't have, he wasn't big enough. He wasn't skilled enough. This was crazy. But he's like, I can't watch, stand by. I, I need to engage. Our greatness is found when we engage, even when we feel like it's above us. It's over my head. I don't know if I can do that. You'd be amazed what you can do when God is with you. David, King Saul wants to put his armor on him and tries, but it's, he's just swimming in it. He can't even move. Takes it all off and he just goes with a slingshot and five smooth stones. And he only needed one. When he let that rock fly, hit Goliath right between the eyes, he fell to the ground dead. David didn't have weapons. He went up and took Goliath's sword, cut his head off and carried his head back to the side of victory. Greatness is found on the battlefield. David was raised up to be the king of Israel. There were 12 major battles that he fought, 12 countries that came against him. You read through his story of life, one after another was victory after victory on the battlefield when he engaged in that place of, I'm going to be involved. I'm going to make a difference. We need to get in, get involved, see what God wants to do through us. Right now, we're talking about our connect groups. We're talking about maybe you would want to step in and be a leader. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, that's, that's just the point. With God's help, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And we're here to equip one another. We're here to walk it out. We're here to go through the challenges together. It's an unbelievable journey when we can watch each other attempt and receive strength and grow. And our successes and our greatness is going to be found when we engage. You may want to engage in that next Sunday. At this hour, there'll be a leader's um, interest meeting where you can learn more about that. We'll give you all that you need 
after the service today, if you need to find a group, there'll be leaders in the lobby. You can connect into a group and step into being a part and then see maybe there'll be opportunity to do more. Whatever it is God puts in our heart to do, we can do it when we engage in the battle. I read a story this week I was unfamiliar with. Fannie Lou Hamer, born in 1917 in Montgomery County, Mississippi. As a child, she was born into a family enslaved. They worked the cotton fields. At 12 years of age, she became one of the workers to try to help support her family. As a result of attempting to register to vote, now she's grown into her adult life. One of the things that she sought to do in her journey, because they were often kept from education, she wasn't sent to school and Often black families were kept in that path so that they would keep them in subservient type of relationships. She wasn't going to have that. Here she was, something in her that said, that's not who I am. There's something in you just like that that says, that's not who I am. I'm going to step up and be great. I'm going to step up into the thing that God has made me to be. He's made you for greatness. She started reading her own way. She got a Bible. Learned to read, reading the Bible. As she grew into her adult life, she would often quote scriptures that gave her strength and sing hymns, songs that would give her strength, just like we did today. I love the songs we sing. They give me hope. They give me strength. They give me substance for my walk with God and understanding who he is and what he does for me. She decides to register to vote in 1962. By then, she's 44, 45 years old. Hadn't been allowed to vote. 1962, I was five. In my lifetime, here, souls not being allowed to vote. She went to register to vote and found out there's a literacy test. And that literacy test had to do with questions about the Constitution, things nobody would know. You'd have to study that. And they thought that the black souls that would come, not educated, would not be able to pass the literacy test. It was another way of keeping them from voting. She failed it. She didn't let that hold her back. She said, I'm going to try again. She studied some, took it a second time, failed it again, studied some more. One year later, 1963, now I'm seven. When I was seven, Fannie Lou Hamer passed the literacy test to be registered to vote. It was a great accomplishment. She was stirred to helping others that didn't have the skill to pass this test. She formed education and got people together and she was beginning to lobby for civil rights and decided to form a group for the Democratic Party because the delegates at the National Democratic National Convention were only white. And she brought a delegation of friends, black friends, to say, we need to include black souls at the Democratic National Convention and it hadn't been done up until then. 
1964. She's at the Democratic National Convention and she gives a speech. This was one year after in her organizing, she had a group that were going to an event to inspire others and on their journey in the bus they were traveling in, they stopped to get something to eat at a cafe in Winona, Mississippi. Her group was refused service in the cafe. They called the police. For what? All they wanted to do was get something to eat. The police came, hauled them off to jail because Fannie Lou was the leader They particularly singled her out. When they threw her in the jail cell, the police said to the inmates, here they gave them a couple of nightsticks, these wooden batons, and said to the inmates to beat her up with the police nightsticks. And they didn't have an option. They had to do what they were being forced to do by law enforcement. And in this jail cell, they beat Fannie Lou Hamer to near death. For what? she wanted to get something to eat in a restaurant. She survived, had permanent injuries, damaged her kidneys, had a blood clot behind her eye, but she was all the more strong in her convictions that I was made for greatness. I'm not going to serve my past. I was made for the future. One year after this terrible beating, she's at the Democratic National Convention where she's giving a speech that's being televised nationally. Now I'm seven. I don't remember a lot back to those days. I do remember having to get up from the couch to turn the channels on the TV. There were no remotes. There was rabbit ears to try to tune it in. There's about three channels. So every channel had her testimony. And when this was coming up, President Lyndon Johnson heard about it and wanted to keep her testimony from being seen nationally, try to keep this quiet. And he scheduled a press conference. If you look up her name, you'll find these, her testimony you can watch. I watched it this week, it's powerful. And you can watch President Johnson's scheduled all of a sudden impromptu press conference, and he didn't really have anything to talk about. He just talked for a few minutes about nothing, but trying to get her off the screen. They switched over to the president. They have to do that. Only that backfired. People had seen just a little glimpse of her testimony and wanted more. And so when they didn't get a chance to see it, The news stations aired it several times. They replayed it, and so more people saw it than would have if they would have just let it play. And it impacted people deeply. And one year later, in 1965, President Johnson signed the Voter Rights Act, August the 6th. Now I'm eight. And progress is being made in our country where Black souls have the right to vote. And now here we are some 
50 some years later where more and more progress has been made and more progress is yet needed. But the world has changed because of people like Fannie Lou Hamer. She was 59 when she died of cancer. A few years after her death, she was inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame for United States of America. and Her name lives there forever. She was motivated by faith. She was motivated by her understanding of the scriptures. She was motivated by getting in the battle. She was motivated by knowing that God would see her through, that no matter what would happen to her, no man could take her life from her that Jesus was going to give her hope and give her a future and give her eternal life. And she was going to fight for the welfare of others as long as she had breath. And here's one woman's life starting in a cotton field at 12 who didn't let failure define her, didn't let what other people did to her define her, didn't become a victim in her mentality, but said, I'm here to be great. I'm made for greatness. You and I, we're the same. We're Fannie Lou Hamers. We're made for greatness. Who can we help? Whose life can we help liberate? Who is broken that we can find love that can heal? Who doesn't have an opportunity that we can open up a door of opportunity for? Who can we serve in this community? What can we do at Loaves and Fishes to serve, to help someone else? What ideas can we come up with to help fund education for those who don't have a way of their own? What can we do to help that family that's broken? What can we do to help Rose where there's been domestic violence? She even asked her children, is it okay to tell the stories? And they agreed, wanted her to do that. People need to know there's hope. There's victory. There's a way through. You're made for greatness. We're not going to live for our past. We're going to live for our future. Your past doesn't need you anymore. The future does. The story of you. You were made for greatness. What it is that you and I can step into. The most dangerous place to be is a spectator on the rooftop. We can't do it all, but each one of us can do something. The story of you is being written, and it is a story of greatness. Psalm 103 is the praise of David's heart. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You are made for greatness. Let's step into the battlefield, do something grand in the path that's in front of us to bless somebody else with the virtues that God has placed in our hearts. Father God, we thank you for this moment in time where we can step into our destiny and your plan. Thank you for loving us to forgive us. Thank you for coming to pay the price for our sins. If you need that grace, just reach out for it today. Pray with me this prayer. Jesus, I believe in you and I know I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me. 
I pray what David prayed, create in me a clean heart. Take my sins, my iniquity from me. Make me white as snow. That's what I hunger from you. Thank you for that gift. I receive it by faith. I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen.